no injuries, get it done. Jackson superb, gets his own clearance to Neil Pullen. Floats it wide. Spargo, there's French. There's French. To make the margin 41 points at the final side. For goal number seven for the Magnet. And he's got it. And Melbourne with this victory back in seat one. Hello and welcome to Attention to Detail, the podcast for D's fans, by D's fans, as we hold on for dear life aboard the roller coaster ride that is barracking for the Melbourne Football Club. This episode is proudly brought to you by our sponsor, Hop Hen Brewing. My name is Tim. I'm joined with Simo as always. Simo, how you going, mate? Yeah, not too bad considering our uh, interesting news of uh, being struck down until September the 2nd. But, you know, another win, um, another step towards September or... What we hope for is um, some final success. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. I think they pretty much summed it up with just getting the job done and that's all we really kind of aimed to do on the weekend and that's really all we did. I think we, we didn't really get out of second gear all day. It was a like a reasonably competitive game and, and I think we sort of knew that going in that Adelaide are a bit of a pesky side and, and one of those ones that can certainly stand up, uh, especially around the contested ball and, and, and did test us at times and sort of forced us to respond in certain areas of the game and playing again in front of 100,000 empty seats at the MCG, which is obviously nice to be back in the home state after spending what, almost the last month on the road. Uh, but the whole game was sort of pretty statistically even with Adelaide and, and they certainly got off to a pretty quick start with um, you know having seven early scoring shots. And had they capitalised on a couple more of those opportunities, we could have been talking about a different result here, maybe at times or a little bit more of a struggle, but at the end and you know blowing out into a 41 point win and and yeah got us sitting comfortably at the top of the ladder where we're looking at it that draw is pretty bloody handy at the now isn't it like you know we all we all felt the frustration at the time but you know it's still it's it's proving to be that little bit of difference that it's we might have been treating it at a loss at a time but now we sort of realize that those two points have come in very handy at this time (laughs) at this time of the year Definitely, mate. Well, I tell you what, Hawthorne is causing some absolute absolute headaches there. They've knocked off the Lions, they've knocked off the Doggies and drew with us. Like, I tell you what, imagine if they were playing more footy down in Tassie. Maybe they should relocate. I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know how they'd feel about that. But oh, Yeah, I mean, too proud of that club. But anyway, um, yeah, I know. It's a, it was a weird it was a weird game to, to watch. Yeah, like, you, like you're saying, second year didn't, you know, didn't really over-exentuate or over do things. We just got the job done. And I think that's all that needed to be done, especially after what happened last time. Um, you know, no umpire bad call to lose us the game. This time. <laughs> um, yeah, just, I don't know. It was hard to take much out of the game. It was just, yeah, I think, sort of like, you know, we knew actually like, you know, when we played the lower rank sides with, you know, with the players are sort of, and the supporters are sort of thinking, oh yeah, we'll just roll in and just get the job done. But I don't know, it was a bit of a bizarre sort of game, actually. Yeah, well, they, you know, came back in early in the third quarter and, and really kind of brought the margin back down to within three points. So it really did sort of force their hand in terms of, yeah, we really need to make sure we match them with their intensity. And, and luckily enough, we we finished really well and, and we're able to sort of put them away at the end. But no, it was. It was especially after that first quarter and you had players like Seedsman who got off um, on a bit of a role in that first quarter and as the commentators were talking about you know he's on track for 60 possessions it didn't quite get there at the end but as i said like they, they got some good players and i mean we had a chance to give Maisie a rest which i think was really i think was really important i think just the general soreness and goody's whole 
I suppose, mentality going to these final two rounds is just sort of saying, if anyone hasn't pulled up very well, well like, we're not going to play him. And now that we know uh, officially that the that the buy has been scrapped, it's it's certainly even more prevalent that we make sure that we look after those senior players. And I wouldn't be surprised that this week, if there's somebody that, that needs a rest, that it's going to happen as well. It was good to see uh, Joel Smith get a, get a run. He's someone that the club has had a lot of faith in and you know they're persistent with him and I think very high on his athletic ability in our defense and you saw that from the first quarter I mean he's he's a different type of defender we don't have that kind of athlete I mean an ex-basketballer you can see his, his vertical leap is outstanding very different to Stephen May but he, he played a very good first quarter but then apparently the cramps got the better of him <laughs> as the game wore on so it would be a bit different to playing VFL match simulation there but and not to mention also and you called it last week, Jake Bowie, our fourth Rising Star nomination of the year. How fantastic is that? I mean, this kid's a little jet. He's a little jet, little uh, little Caleb Daniel um, type of player. Um, yeah, it's been good to see his growth. You know, he's had the 18 touches um, on the weekend. And I think, you know, he's just one of those blokes that's just come in and played a role. And, you know, having the right support around him, just much like, you know, what Rivers, Pickett and Jackson have been able to do is, you know, they saw even Noah Jordan in as well because he was a no-browsing no star this, this year too. So, yeah, having the right system around these blokes to be able to come in and play a role um, is a real testimony to the club and to what Goody and the coaching staff is doing. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see what happens selection-wise uh, going forward. I mean, they had him on 360 the other night and Waitley said to him, he goes, are you, are you thinking about, like, you know, you play one more game and then it could be a finals berth and he said, like, oh, I'm not trying to get too far ahead has sort of, you know, come across his mind a couple of times. But as I said, I mean, Michael Hibbert obviously played on the weekend as well too. And I think we mentioned last week, you sort of, in these big games, you you do go for experience and, and Hibbo's been in and out of the side. But at the end of the day, if you're playing uh, a quality opposition and you've got somebody that you trust who's in pretty good form, you think that they'd run with that as for a bloke that's only played two games. So... We know that the future is in fantastic hands. We've talked about our youth, and I think that this is without a doubt the most promising crop of youth. You know, we're seeing now the Olivers and Brayshaws and and Petrarcas and and that sort of really flourish at that mid to late twenties age. But now we're kind of seeing that next crop come through, and it's sort of good to know that this tilt that we're having at the moment. I don't think it's it's not just a flash in the pan for 2021. I think it's certainly something that we're going to have a strong side for you know for the next few years, barring anything, um, you know, barring some strange circumstances. So I think that's uh, a real credit to the club and to the recruiters there as well. All right, mate. Well, there's a few things to love from the game, and we're going to talk about those in our next segment. Credit to the boys. Back into the game, so um, it's a real credit to the boys. Um, I think it was on uh, all of us to step up and. and really lead from the front and I thought we did that all day so we want to play our way just go after the boys alright so Mary, what was something that stood out to you this week mate that you loved oh, it would have to be Bailey Fritch's performance mate seven snacks hell last five um, you know ten score involvements to go along with his game as well and not to mention 80, uh, three goals in 88 seconds <laughs> yeah, the most goals for that amount of time in the AFL history that is that is outstanding yeah. Um, obviously delivered on a silver platter to get the job done. But I tell you what, it was it was really interesting to see. It was. And, yeah, had a bit of an up and down, probably a month of footy, and it was held goalless last week. 
but it just sort of shows how damaging it can be. He's, he's somebody that probably cops a bit of criticism uh, from people on social media about sometimes his work ethic and might seem a little bit lethargic and lazy and doesn't chase and doesn't tackle. But you can just see he's one of those players that needs to be engaged, I think, from the first bounce. And even though he, he didn't touch it in the first quarter, but credit to him, he, he was able to work his way back into the game and, and really and had some really nice finishes. I mean, for one, seven straight which is pretty unreal. You know, we sort of know that can be his set shots can be a little bit hit and miss at times. But for seven straight and for a couple where, where he's sort of, yeah, on on the move and off one step and had some really great finishes as well too. And not to mention in that last quarter was, yeah, fed the ball beautifully by our players, uh, especially who were looking for him because he was on fire in that last couple of minutes. And, and yeah, I think that he is going to be a really damaging weapon for our forward line going into September. And I think... Benny Brown had that great start, kicked the first, you know, couple of goals in that first quarter, and we're looking really versatile. And even without Tom McDonald playing, we know that he's coming back in. But it does, it just gives us different looks and different options. And I think we're going to be really hard to match up against, honestly, because it's it can be anyone's day in that sense, like in terms of the talls, and then you got the small forwards as well too. But I think in terms of the tall options. It can be, yeah, if all the focus is on Benny Brown and he, and he has talked about him last week, he's been playing into some really good form and he had a really good contested game and, and managed to hit the scoreboard a couple of times, but fell away a little bit. But in terms of impact on the game, it certainly opens up the avenues for the other forwards to come in and capitalise as well because now he's sitting, what, 46 goals for the season. He's our leading goal kicker of the game. He's going to garner some attention, but if you know if all the focus goes to him, then that allows Tom McDonald, Benny Brown to come up and and kick a bag so i think yeah looking really potent and forward line was something that we've uh well we've been working on the entire season and it's only probably been the last month where we've really seen some yeah i think that's the word um consistency and just the way that they've been able to cohesively work together uh is really strong and we said we want to be playing our best footy towards the end of the season and i think we are do you know what's crazy about that i think a lot of the reporters have been saying that one of our probably our weakest point is now becoming one of our strongest points. Um, you know, our forward line connection, you know, obviously if Brown's firing, I mean, they might put some time and effort into him. And then, you know, you might tend to go not really missing, but, you know, it won't have as much of an impact. But then you've got blokes like Fritch and McDonald that can pop up. Even, you know, players like Cozzy and Spargo, um, they both hit the scoreboard again. You know, it, it makes for unpredictability and that's hard to defend. You know, you don't know who's going to bob up, like you said. I think the biggest thing in all this is Ben Brown and becoming a real big focal point. Um, I actually said, I think I said to you that he's going to kick six today. I thought he was going to absolutely dominate. Nice, beautiful day at the G on a Sunday, Arvo. Like it was just, you know, just ready for him to take it with two hands. Um, but he set the tone early and then they started putting a lot more time and effort into him. Um, but then obviously look what's done for Bailey Fritch's game and, you know, he took it with two hands. No, it is. It's, it's becoming very... Very exciting to watch, and we're just going to hopefully see this yeah, continue to drive us forward through finals. Next thing I wanted to talk about is our very own unicorn. You know, you think about unicorn, you think of Chris Dapps-Pozingas <laughs> over in the NBA, but Luke Jackson is very fast becoming the AFL's unicorn and the fact that he's just becoming such a multifaceted tool his game is just improving week after week. It's it's incredible to see. And there's just a couple of highlights that I saw from him on the weekend. Like we already talked about last week that he's definitely locked up rising star. But to think that this bloke's only played, you know, two se- well, almost two full seasons mm. and watching him, yeah, just become 
one half of this all potent ruck duo with Gorney. I mean, he had managed to kick a couple of goals again, took a really awesome screamer in the third quarter, one-handed, finished it with a set shot. And we know that set shots are something that he's been working on as well too, but it was a beautiful set shot. And especially in a time of the game where Adelaide were really coming, I think that only put us back up by 10 points at the time. But also that clearance in the last in the last 30 seconds of the game where he, you know, he rucked it to himself and then almost just took the ball, cleared the ball and handballed it out to Nibbler, who then fed Fritch for his, I think, I think for his seventh goal in the end there. But it was funny. I, did, have you listened to Gus and Gorney this week with Dogger on it? I haven't watched it. <laughs> it's uh, like he talked a lot about playing against his idol, Nick Nat, the other week. And it's just oh, very, he's a very humble person, but it's great to hear um, his personality. And I think they obviously have a great, combination and a great worth work ethic with with maxi and maxi would just sort of say oh you know nick nat was telling me up a little bit or was pretty tough so i sent jacko in to go deal with him like it's you think about what they tried to achieve with prusy you know a couple of years ago and and after that loss to west coast and they sort of think okay the two rucks can work and and braden prusy is obviously a completely different type of player but we've really now found and a lot of teams are adopting it now that this two ruck attack that and the second ruck being a little bit more versatile and can work around the ground. He's got quick hands. He's very agile. We know that. It's becoming such a huge part of our, you know, of our team. And I think X factor is not the right word just at this stage because you think that he's more than an X factor. But mm. the fact that he's at such a young age, I think, is terribly exciting. I talked about our youth before, but far out, this kid is going to be an absolute star. And uh, we just hope that, yeah, you know, he loves Melbourne. He said on the podcast that he, he reckons Melbourne's overtaken Perth, even even though he's only experienced it during lockdown. So let's hope that's enough for him to uh, to keep any homesickness away. Yeah, hopefully. Well, I think, well, it's a big call to make at the moment, but, you know, a lot of his tap work to himself, I mean, that does span from, you know, what Nick Nat brings. Um, so, you know, he's adopted that into his game and that's just a scary prospect. And I tell you what, like having him at our disposal, like, oh, it's it's really exciting to have. And yeah, I feel like he's very similar to you know Grundy as well. Like I feel like he, you know, he's a high position ruckman who you know gets around the ground, can almost be an extra midfielder as well. And you know, I think the biggest thing for him too is just you know finishing off that work. And I think he had a couple of deliveries inside fifty that were a bit poor. But look, do you know what? That's had a really nice one to Benny Brown though as well too yeah. off the run. So, like, <laughs> it's something that's going to develop in his game, and it's yeah. just it's a scary prospect for um for other teams, and it's also amazing. Sort of, I reckon, called it kind of like a problem because, well, you know, we've got Gorn, who's, you know, the best tap Ruckman, Ruckman in the league. And then you've got, you know, Dogger at your disposal as well. Like, you want to get you know, him in there because, you know, what he can bring. Um, so, yeah, yeah, it's a scary prospect considering, you know, if Gorney's having an, an off day, we can send Jacko in and do some work. Or if Jacko's having an off day, we can have Gorney in there. So, yeah, it poses problems. And to think that even on the weekend, he only played 69% of game time as well too. So, you know, that's not a, that's that's just a tick over two-thirds of game time and having, yeah, the 16 touches and a couple of goals and score involvements and everything that he does then, you know, not even at full match tilt there, like obviously preserving a bit of his energy. But I think they've just found a really good balance between the two of them and, and the way that Maxi floats forward and back to help out and Jacko obviously complements him with his around the ground work. It's, yeah, I, it's really cements, you know, people when we drafted him thought, like he was a raw prospect, somebody that, not a reach, but somebody that, yeah, was obviously a bit of a project and needed to be worked on, but far out there, 
I say they gamble, but their instincts were were right, and and I think other teams would be not spewing, but you know, watching him develop, I think, yeah, he's a superstar in the making. So, hundred percent agree. And like uh, like you look at our drafts over the last few years, like or even probably you know probably five years going back to when we got Oliver, you know we picked up Oliver at pick four, and no one's like. Well, Clayton Oliver, he wasn't even in an old Australian squad or, you know, for the unders. Like, he's one that's just exploded. You know, obviously, he was a sort of like a chubby, you know, stocky midfielder. He's <laughs> just developed this tank. He's a, yeah. Elite now. Um, last thing, or another thing I want to touch on, too. Um, you've labelled there the tackle count. Yes, we're plus 14. But also, in the last few weeks, like we're causing havoc. Our, our forward half tackles, or in particular, the inside 50 tackles, they're at a at an absolute premium. We are getting a lot of them, and we're putting sides, you know, really under pressure, which, you know, allows our defence to, you know, set up really strong behind the ball. Yeah, no, it's certainly right. And we talked about last week where we have 29. No, was it last week? Week four. I think it was 12, yeah, it might have been, yeah, against Gold Coast. It was against Gold Coast, yeah, the 20, 29. But no, it's certainly something that we're, we're building a game upon and it's certainly coming into September. It's something we want to keep um, making sure that is at the top of its game. All right, well, we've covered the things that we did like, Simo, but now it's to look at things that we can improve on in our next segment. Pretty pissed off. Pretty, I'm pretty pissed. I'm pretty pissed off still. Um, it's not good enough. That's very unlike the way we've been playing and something that we'll obviously review and get better at. Uh, yeah, it's not, it's not good enough today. Um, this team, this club's got to start winning games. Well, Simo, I, we talked about this up front. It's a bit hard to sort of take away too much from this game because we know that we were just going in there to get a job done and, and we really probably didn't put our best foot forward. It was a pretty sloppy game at times and I think anything that we sort of take out of this that was real negative we know is not we weren't playing at our best because that wasn't the mentality that we went in with and you know trying to balance game time and and making sure that we're looking after our players going in we obviously did enough to get the job done and the result looks great but i don't know if we can take anything too seriously out of this what do you what do you think I don't know. It's, I mean, you saw it in the first quarter, like just a little bit of unaccountability. I think, you know, having Paul Seasman run around and have it on a string and have 16 in the first quarter, you think, all right, you might think, oh, this guy is dominating. Let's do something about it, <laughs> especially during the quarter. I think, I mean, he might have had probably six or seven handball receives at least and a few one twos, but like someone's going to go to him. And I think, you know, him playing on a wing, I mean, there's always, especially on the G, you know, it's very wide and that can happen. Um, but you think, you know, is it something that Langdon doesn't do a lot of? Is it is it something to sort of be concerned about? Like I don't know. It's it was he that damaging? Like, he kind of was. He kind of did a bit, but you know, is it something that Langdon needs to work on? Is that the is that the biggest flaw in Langdon's game? Do we need to have him, you know, put some extra defensive pressure on? But mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's he's running up and down the wing. Is you know just pretty much second and none. I think I think he plays as a wing, you know, as good as anyone in the league. And, you know, his his running patterns are amazing because it sets us up, especially if we want to, you know, slingshot the ball and get it out the other way and really hurt some other other teams. Yeah, no, that's right. He, he had blistering first quarter and, and we sort of said before that Adelaide really sort of had a had a great start and and really had they capitalized on a few more goals, we would have been in a, not a bit of strife, but we'd have had our work cut out for us in terms of getting back into the game. So we're sort of lucky that that didn't happen there. Sort of, you know, we talked about fast starts and, and making sure that we do get off on the right foot. We we did for the first five minutes, but then Adelaide really kind of controlled the game. I think at one stage, halfway through the first, 
they were outcounting us with the uncontested possessions by about 30. So they really controlled the ball and, and took the ball out of our hand a fair bit in that first quarter. And and then again in the third quarter, really sort of came back and pegged it to us. I think we got it out to about four or five goal margin close to half time. And then they go and kick the first four goals out of the third quarter to bring that margin back within three points. So we were definitely tested. And they exposed us back in round 10 about using the, the corridor and being aggressive with their ball movement. That's how they beat us. It certainly tried it a few times. And I know like Ben Keyes was somebody that sort of provided them with a bit of run as well too through the middle. And and they got a few goals a few goals out of that, a couple out the back, which is pretty rare to get us on the reverse of, yeah, of a transition goal. So a couple of those like little things. But I know that from a defensive standpoint, we're reasonably good and and we can certainly say that, yeah, certainly areas that we can fix up a little bit, but some parts of it were sloppy, but we just had to respond and, and we ended up doing, and I think the scoreboard at the end of it, to be able to put them away like we did uh, was, was pretty satisfying. So that that was pretty much that was pretty much it. I mean, there was some sloppy disposal from both sides, especially there was areas in the first half where, yeah, there was, it was turnover city. And I think we talked about not giving the first option. I think Spargo missed harms running through and elected to go to Melksham deep right almost on the boundary and in, in which he'd missed and <laughs> proceeded to boot the ball into the second row and got given a free kick against him and and even another one where i think they you know messed up a kick to fritch and he had to ended up cleaning it up and and making but as i said it, it's hard to take much away from it negatively i think yeah we looked pretty good and we know that we're sort of i think this week coming geelong will be the real kind of measuring stick it'd be interesting to see how both teams sort of you know, address the situation and, and knowing that we're, we're going straight into finals the week after. What's what's the intensity going to be like? Like, we're obviously going to, we're obviously going to play him uh, at some stage in the finals. So it'd be interesting to see, are they going to unveil all their cards this weekend or are they going to keep some tricks up their sleeve? Yeah, it'd be interesting to see, mate. It's, um, I suppose, well, if you look at the last time we played the Cats, I mean, we'll cover this a little bit more, but, um, the last time we played the Cats, you know, we did them by, you know, four, probably four goals, I think. But that was without Jeremy Cameron or Paddy Dangerfield. So, you know, it'd be really interesting to see what sort of long side we get out. Also, to go with Malkshin, I must say, he got me the first goal, put five bucks on him to get the first snag and got me 90. So, thanks, uh, Jakey Malkshin. You can keep your spot on the side for this week. Is that is that almost what is that the first multi that you that's gotten up for you well, this year? This one wasn't a multi, mate. So <laughs> doesn't count. It's actually, I think it was the first Melbourne bet that I've actually won. Yeah, uh, this year. So um, <laughs> because I think I, no, I got one leg. I got the Fritz most goals uh, this week. But yeah, pretty pissed off. They only got one leg again. So uh, you know, <laughs> round twenty three could be. You didn't decided. send it. You didn't send it to me this week. You didn't get. Didn't get shared. I'll, t- I'll send a screenshot to you where I did send it. This week? This week. And I didn't put it up. No, didn't put it up. No, rude. Should have just, well, you could just say, I sent, <laughs> I sent a screenshot of the win when I got Jake Melsham. I think it'd be pretty yeah. happy with that one. No, nah, fair enough. <laughs> Simo, well, now we've got to award our Charlie Spargo Award, which goes to our best performance from the weekend and not necessarily the most heralded or it might be slightly underrated, but somebody that we think, yeah, put in a great performance on our eyes as well too. So who have we got there, mate? 
Um, I reckon it's Ed Langdon, mate. He's, I think he's the last, especially the last couple of weeks. I feel like he's getting back to that early season form, and you know, really starting to damage and hurt teams. Um, so he's had the twenty-seven touches with, um, you know, we we're talking before about, you know, is Sparga, oh, sorry, is Langdon being accountable? The bloke had seven tackles, which um, surprises me actually, to be honest. Um, it's good to see too, because then that shows obviously he's working both ways, you know, in, in amongst the, cl- the clinches. So. Um, yeah, really good to see. Twenty-seven and seven, pretty happy with that for our for our man Lingers. Yeah, and a fair few, you know, I think about five hundred meters gained as well too. So we know at his best that he certainly is a pivotal part of our team, and especially moving the ball alongside the wing there. And he's been a huge part of our recruitment, and and yeah, is now an integral part of our team that we need to make sure is firing. And, and I think honestly, maybe in that past month of footy where his his form might have dipped from from the supporters eye or you know i think he probably gets a bit of work put into him as well too uh, just to make sure that his influence is curbed by by the opposition so good to see him yeah get a couple of back, weeks back into him and and some nice wide grounds that he that he would love running up and down those wings and we know that his elite fitness is something that yeah it adds a huge weapon to our arsenal as well too so well done lingers uh yeah looking forward to seeing the damage that he can do in the finals this year all right, mate. Well, we are the podcast for the fans, by fans, and we wouldn't be here without our loyal listeners, and we get to hear their say in our next segment, Fugazi. People only commenting on what they see, um, but internally, it's Fugazi. You do your best, uh, Matthew McConaughey impression from the <laughs> No, I can't, but it's, uh, it's goes something like Fugazi, it's Woozy, it's Wazi. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Simo, who we got there first, mate? So we're looking for talking points from the game against Adelaide on the weekend. Awesome, right? The first one comes in from Tim Bell. I honestly think that what was seen as our weakness forward line, so this is what I was saying before, here you go, um, is now genuine strength. Why? Uh, no, no, not because Frida kicked seven or because or Benny Brown has found some touch, but because of our unpredictability. Oh, geez, he's taking the words out. <laughs> Um, opposition will be guessing uh, going on against this. Uh, T-Mac, Ben Brown, Fritch, Cozzy, the combinations, the roles will be hard to read. Go Ds. Yeah, you summed it up perfectly. And look, I don't know if you're, there's some uh, gods out there, but you have taken the words out of our mouth. <laughs> Next, we got Jamie Shepard. He says, Bowie, reliable, clean, quick vision and tackler. Reminds me of a young Nev Jetta. Yeah, I like that comparison there. And as I said, I think he's he's going to seamlessly slot into our side as he gets some few more games under his belt as well. So we've got a couple of aging defenders there. Unfortunately, you know, Nev not being part of our side at the moment, but it's certainly somebody that can use the ball really cleanly and efficiently. And I think they really liked his ability not to waste a possession. And you can kind of see he's very careful and uh, precise with his ball movement and yeah, you can see that his efficiency, even in his two games, has been very high. So that's something that would they value very highly at the club. 100%. Next one comes in from Carol Wilkinson. We certainly appear to be hitting our straps at the right end of the season. I just I just want to wish the all very best in the coming in weeks to come. You have made me so very happy over the last few months. Go days. Yeah, absolutely. We're all in the same boat, Carol. It's, you know, especially knowing that, you know, we're not sure if we're going to be able to see the Ds at the MCG come September time. And um, I heard a call from uh, Nibbler just, you know, just saying thank you to us um, because, you know, we're doing it tough and, you know, they're, they're supplying us with something to sort of look forward to. So, um, yeah, it'd be amazing to see what, 
what comes of September. And I'll tell you what, we're going to be able to talk a lot about our uh, nervy, nervy times coming up ahead. That's right. And it is. And it's, I think as a supporter, I sort of put a post out the other day about thinking that this is our best chance for a premiership in, in over 20 years. And thinking about the journey that we've made, and yes, okay, we, you and me know that, and the club knows that they haven't achieved anything yet this year. But even, I think, say we win this week and we finish on top as minor premiers, it's it's certainly something, It's I know it's not hardware yet, but to think of the last few years and where we've come and then to sort of go on this journey and, and to think that it's the most... Most home and away wins that they've had in in seasons, you know, in in the history of the football club. It's the most successful season in that sense. Before, obviously, prior to that, they didn't play twenty two games. But I think, yeah, we have to just be so proud of this football club and and how the players have have really gone about their side and just how this club sort of banded together and and what's been, yeah, a shitty eighteen months for the entire world. Not not just the football community and and everything else about it, but. I suppose as fans, it's given us something to, to really kind of get into and give be a bit of a distraction. But for a club that a lot of people have have followed and has come out of some dark times, as, as we've talked with a few, you know, former players and, and media and stuff throughout the course of this year, it's uh, we should all just be sitting back and just trying to enjoy the little moments where we can. And, and I certainly have as well too. And it's been great to, to share these with you and, and other people that sort of have our share, our same interest as well too. So... Love and footy at the moment, and I know it's it's not always like that, but we've deserved our turn, and I think it's uh it's only right to be grateful for these little moments when when we have them, and and yeah, not not take anything for granted. Awesome. Next one comes in from Danny Jedi. Joel Smith reads the ball very well. Was solid in May's place yesterday. Yeah, I understand, hundred percent agree. But I suppose the biggest thing I I really took out of Joel, Joel Smith's game. Yes, he was in really great positions to take the mark and everything and spoil. Um, but yeah, I think with more game time, he'd be clunking those a lot more regularly. Um, I suppose a bloke that hasn't played in oh jeez, can't remember the last time we put on a Melbourne jersey. Uh, probably two years, maybe. Um, he might have played a preseason game potentially. Large. Yeah, I can't remember exactly his um, last game. Yeah, it's interesting seeing. I think Joel Smith's someone that we still we definitely need as a depth player at a club, because you know obviously if you know Maisie does go down, like you know obviously you're sore, but he'll come back in. But you know if those things do happen, you look at what Harrison Petty's done, you know, in Tomo's place, like it it creates opportunity. But look, you, you can't not have these blokes on your list, unfortunately. No, that's right, and. Yeah, unfortunately, somebody that has been yeah not well favoured with injuries, and he you know every time he sort of break into the club, it, I don't know if it's happened twice, but he seems to have gotten injuries almost in his first game back. And like I remember, he broke his collarbone a couple of years ago when on his first game, and and even he had a hard hit with Hibbo on the weekend, and I was just thinking, shit, like has he done something again? But he's sort of mentioning in his little chat after the game that his body was all fine, and I think I really liked what he spoke about. You talked about Petty as well too, and he just sort of said he's become even in his short time, you know, having a consistent amount of games under him this season. He goes the the amount of growth as a leader Pet's becoming is is really impressive. And Tomo is obviously on the sidelines and really kind of giving him some um, some coaching and some advice from from there. But he he was really lauding the work of Harrison Petty, and, and obviously we know what Lever is capable of, and we know that. I suppose in May's absence, but we know how vocal Lever is and and how much he leads that back line as well in conjunction with May. But it was really interesting to hear about Petty, who's, who's a very young player, and but somebody who has already taken and really been a sponge and soaking up all that experience from his those experienced, 
elite pillars around him to really kind of project his voice onto the field as well too. So that's that's really pleasing to see. And as you said, like it just shows that somebody can just come into a really successful system, play their role, and can can still execute the game plan to yeah to what we need it to be. That's to find our season, mate. It's you know if someone goes down or if someone's out for a week or whatever, someone's come in and played a role perfectly, and that's something that we haven't had you know in recent years um, because. You know, we look at have midfield especially. Um, it's somewhat it's an area where they've had to take they've had to make sacrifice. And I'm naming one as Angus Brayshaw. Poor bugger only had six touches. It's probably something we could have been pretty pissed off about. But I know that definitely in the inner sanctum that he's played his role um, and done what he's can to get the to get the team to get the win. So yeah, having players come in and feel a role when it's needed is um, definitely something we need as a football club. Uh, we're, we're pleased with where we sit. We understand there's going to be some hype around how we're playing. But we also want to just take it, you know, one week at a time. And coaches say that a lot, and, and people, and it's just the reality. You can't look too far ahead. All right, mate. That time of the week, one week at a time. The cats here it comes. The top of the table clash. Um, Saturday night, which is really interesting, knowing that all well, Geelong aren't in lockdown, so it's pretty interesting knowing that it will span past nine o'clock. I think it's a real chance for us to sort of stamp our authority and get the top of the table finish. Look, it's, it's a really interesting game knowing that, you know, do you go hell for leather and, you know, showcase some some tricks against, you know, obviously a really good side or, you know, do, do DeLong just just sort of ease up and, you know, allow us to play our game? Like it's, you know, or vice versa. It's a really, really interesting um, clash, this one. It is, and I think... As we mentioned before, it'd be interesting to see what sort of game plan they go in and with. They don't want. I don't think that they want to play all their cards at once, and especially that knowing that we're inevitably going to come up against them in the finals. That yeah, where do they where do they value finishing on top? I suppose is probably is probably that. Obviously, home ground advantage isn't going to be a thing, unless you know if we lose and Port Adelaide beat doggies, then we could potentially fall to third, which means that we could uh, be in line to travel to Adelaide Oval in front of a crowd. Of, uh, no. Not in front of a crowd over there? Yeah, no, 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 no. They I do? Think they, I think they might be 50% potential. Yeah, okay. Um, so yeah. There's, there's something to play for. But obviously, historically, you'd be playing for a home final. We know that that we won't be playing. Well, let's put it that way. There's been certain, I suppose, people from, from the clubs and CEOs and stuff that have been talking about the debate about this is specifically talking about the grand final playing grand final at your home ground or playing it in front of fans and obviously there's this talk of going over to perth and and whatnot and and i know dunstall asked goody on 360 monday night and he goes what would you rather do would you play in front of the you know at the mcg with no fans there because you've earned it obviously that's your home ground or would you play in front of fans over in perth and i like goody's response he sort of said as a purist you know, you you want to play in front of fans, but as the coach of a team, you know they love the MCG. Like you believe you've earned the right to play at your home ground. I think it would be different if you're playing West Coast over West Coast um, in front of fans. But because you know finishing top two or wherever it is that we finished, it is an interesting conundrum. You talked about Nibbler's comments about how much their support is so um, you know so impactful for the team's success and driving that as well too and we know that there's a supporter base over in Perth and, and we saw that a couple of weeks ago so it's a real predicament in that end and it really will be interesting now that we know the buy doesn't exist after this week 
where are they going to lie? And we know that both teams, or we've obviously got some players coming back in Tom McDonald, Jack Viney comes out of suspension, and Stephen May is in line to come back. You know, Geelong are missing now Tom Stewart for the rest of the season, which is unfortunate for them. Big loss for them. Uh, irre- probably irreplaceable in the terms of his particular <laughs> skill set. Not saying that they can't plug the hole with, with somebody else as well too. But as you said last time, they didn't have Cameron, no danger field. It's going to be it's a huge game. It's still going to generate a lot of attention and, and I think that the result's still going to matter at the end. It'll just be interesting to see how each team uh, really steps up to the table and what are we going to bring. This is probably the most unpredictable game of our year, I think. it's it, You don't know what you're going to get and you, you won't know until um, you see it. So it's a very hard game to sort of preview and everything, but you know, it, it, it's interesting that the top four is playing against each other in the same week of the last rounds. Like, you know, there's a high potential you could be playing the same team two weeks in a row here. Um, it, 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 I reckon what happens on Friday night would dictate what happens on Saturday. It's, well, you know, if Port get up, you know, they're, that's, they're, they're playing for a home final. So if they win, they play a home final. If the Dogs win, they play a home final. It's, you know, it's either end of the spectrum here. You know, whoever wins these two games are going to be playing a home final. Essentially, that's what we're playing for. You know, if we don't want to play in front of crowds and, you know, there's a chance it could be the G or, you know, it's very, very unknown. And I'm sure Port Adelaide are going to be gunning for that, um, you know, home ground advantage. Why uh, wouldn't you? Yeah, that's right. Why wouldn't you? And then, you know, <laughs> to be honest, I actually feel like we play better footy at um, Marvel Stadium than the G this year. I feel like we absolutely just, we zing, we slingshot the that. Fortress. Well, the Fortress. It actually is a Fortress, <laughs> but it used to be, I think we lost like 20 games. Yeah. a few years ago and then now we just absolutely dominate there like i don't know what happens there but anyway mm. <laughs> even beating the doggies you know convincingly smashing western bulldogs earlier this year yeah. at, at their favorite ground as well too so um. yeah I, I actually love playing there now like it's it's somewhere i always dreaded back in the day but you yeah. know i love when we play there um so let's talk selection what are we thinking like who we know those three players are probably coming back in that means that you're looking at the last we're talking last man in, Jake Melksham, Michael Hibbard, Gordon. Jake Bowie, Tom Sparrow. Like I'm, I'm, it's have I missed anyone there that on James that? Jordan. Sorry, James Jordan. James Jordan. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I feel like Harms Harms' last few games, like he, he's, he's he's someone that's definitely in their best twenty-two at the moment. Yeah, yeah. The only problem is the only problem I have with uh, with um with Harms is when Viney comes back in the side, he's plays hero ball and you've seen it you've seen it during parts of the year Viney um, plays hero ball or Harms no, no, both. Both, oh, both of them do but Harms, yeah. Harms isn't as like he gets less midfield time and I feel like he he plays his best footy inside and you know at the coal face so um, where's Viney's best footy then because yeah, I was so, having this discussion with dad last night do we, and do we have sorry mate do we have do we have Viney plays a pressure forward and I don't know how this will go but do we play him as a pressure forward just a is he quick forward? enough quick enough I suppose you're not covering that much ground in that sense, but it's like surely he can play a similar role to what a Spargo or someone plays. Mm. I actually reckon he could hit a scoreboard though. I mean, he doesn't have the greatest kick, but to be honest, like could could that happen? Like, or he's not? I don't think his fitness is not. It's not as good as Jim James Jordan or Langdon to play on a wing. Like it's it's a really interesting one, but for what he brings. Like that real mongrel bastard is something we still do need. Yeah. But oh, I tell you what, it, it, 
the, the weird thing is, is now our depth players are harder to select other than our forwards. But you think we had the forward trouble with, you know, Ben Brown, Wiedemann, you know, T-Mac, all this during, you know, for the f- best part of the first 15, 16 rounds. And now we've got this, you know, this, all these depth players. Well, you probably think Viney isn't a depth player, but no. He's, Kind of this year, he's kind of like a depth player. Well, that's right. Is it like the, I think the results speak for themselves in terms of, you know, we're still playing winning footy without him. And mm. at times, we know that it, that middle middle of the ground becomes less congested sometimes when he's not in there because his role has been, yeah, I, I suppose a little bit murky at times, whether he's running with another player or whether he's playing, you know, an inside mid and, and just locking up the ball. And, you know, at times he knows when to absorb a tackle, um, but we know that, his his best footy. Uh, well, we're not sure where his best footy is at the moment yet. I don't think, and because he's not he's not an elite handball, or he, he, his kicking can at times left something to, to be desired. But as you said, his tackling ferocity and everything that he brings, and he's such a passionate Melbourne man. Like it's you know we've got to find a spot for him somewhere. I know it's it's a real dilemma. I'd hate to be his selectors because there's some young blokes there that have really kind of put their best foot forward and and performed extremely well the entire season so it's going to be extremely difficult to try and separate those two and there's just going to be some tough calls to be made and you think back to bailey fritch back in 2018 for the prelim he played the pretty much every game of the year but then again that year they played him across half back so yeah they were trying to find his feet but yeah uh, the viney one's a really interesting one like does this is a weird and odd call but do we play him as a sub this week um, no, I don't reckon. I don't reckon we play him as the sub. I think he comes straight back in. I think just to get another game under his legs because he's missed two weeks. But yeah, we don't know. It's just be interesting to see how he fits back into the side and, and where where his best footy is going to be for this for this team and what his role is going to be. So yeah, some interesting decisions there. But nonetheless, massive game on Saturday. Whoever wins finishes on top. Yeah, let's let's see how Saturday night unfolds. I think you're right. Friday night's going to be a huge precursor into what sort of mentality everyone takes in on on Saturday night, and and yeah, how that plays out for the rest of the finals. That's hundred percent true. So, and end result, who who comes in, who goes out? What do you think? Okay, well, Tom McDonald, Viney, Viney, and um, May. Okay, well, Smith goes straight out. That's easy. I think Tom McDonald probably comes in. Melksham's played well, but I think like that's that's the position that you're going for unless they've chosen to, get to go somebody else, unless they keep Melksham in to sort of play a defensive role, but I can't see him doing that. Um, so I, unfortunately, I, I'd probably see Melksham coming out in that stage for Tom McDonald. And then for Viney, I said pick one of Jordan, Sparrow, Sparrow or, or Bowie. You know, like we're there's still because you think like you still got Hibbert and Bowie in that back line too. Yeah. Well, does one or does like a player like Salem push up onto a wing and Jordan goes mm. out? But then again, that's a big change. He's, though, but he's yeah. someone. Yeah, he's he's someone that is like so composed behind the footy. So it's he's a hard one if you took him out of that position because he set he sets us up essentially. He hits yeah. a lot of those inside forty fives, which break the game open. Um, so he'd be hard to sort of maneuver. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I think. I think Sparrow for Viney because they're almost like for like. like you think for about like honestly. Uh, we talked about Sparrow. Like one of his assets can be hitting the scoreboard, but he hasn't done that in the last few weeks. And and yeah, I think I think that's probably the most logical sense. So unfortunately, I'm gonna go on a limb this week, mate. And I reckon Viney will probably play more forward as a half forward, pressure forward, 
And yeah, that's that's I reckon that's kind of what they, I want to see it actually. I want to see him just, yeah, really put a lot of pressure on. Or he could even be one rolling up to the contest and, you know, putting a lot of pressure on that way too. Like, it's going to be really interesting to see if he does come in, which I think he probably does as a being as a vice captain. He's someone that, you know, obviously, you know, bleeds red and blue. He's someone that essentially, like, I mean, I've, I've been a lover of him the whole time he's been in the club. It's just so unknown where he plays his best footy and where he fits into his side. So, yeah. All right. Before we finish, before we finish, Nathan Jones. <sighs> Now, <laughs> our warrior, our 300 gamer, the bloke that has gave, given absolutely everything, blood, sweat, and tears to this club. We haven't even mentioned his name once. Now, fitness-wise, I'm not quite sure where he's sitting at. Obviously, the VFL has been suspended for, what, the last three, four weeks. Um, so, not, not able to get a full match under him. However, Moving into finals, we can chat a bit more about this next week <laughs> before finals. But far out. No, nah, you know what? This could go on for hours. It could. I'll, I'll just let I'll just let you sit with I'll, that for a second. Oh uh, yeah, it's good. I reckon it's gonna be like I saw a poll on uh, Facebook group saying, you know, does Jones come in if we make the granny as a medi sub? Just to, just to get hundred percent. But if he's not on the best side, I'll be all for that. Like, imagine yeah. the uh, the amount of effort he'd put in if he actually had to come on the field. Yeah, that's um, it. Do you know what, mate? I've got one more thing I really want to touch on. All right, I'll give you 30 seconds. Right. 30 seconds? <laughs> uh, the question is, who do you want to play week one finals? I don't care. Who don't? Oh, actually, who don't you want to play? I also don't care. I don't... Like, honestly, the three... You're thinking about... We've beaten... Is it every team in the competition bar uh, Collingwood? Yeah. Yeah. Like... it. Yeah, Geelong, like this will be what the second time we played them. Obviously, first time at full strength. Probably, like the dogs have shown cracks. We know that they've oh, like, it's been, it's, well, yeah, the Bruce injury impacts them hugely. Port Adelaide can still, at their best, I know that we talked about what we felt about them, and I know you think that they're bullies and stuff, but I still think on their home ground, given if, if things fall that way, it's still a dangerous matchup, absolutely. And they're they're still at that end of the season. They're still finished that point of the ladder because they've racked up enough wins. So, I yeah, it honestly doesn't faze me. I think our biggest opponent probably is Geelong, just with their experience, their, their wealth of players that have had a lot of finals berths and, and people that have yeah spent a lot of time in, in those high-pressure situations and just know how to execute a game. Like there's a reason why they go after older players. So I know I've taken up for more than 30 seconds. <laughs> so honestly, yeah, actually, I, I don't mind. I, ringer. Should bring back five in the flash. <laughs> well, it's, it hasn't gone anywhere. We're just having uh, any special guests, but we'll talk about that coming you know, up anyway. I should so. give you a quick one. We've gone well over your allotted 30 seconds. I know I'm partly to blame for that. I went on the right, We need to wrap this up. <laughs> All right, mate. Well, that is another week down. It's We've got one season left to go in the home and away finals, but thanks so much for joining us, mate. It's, uh, yeah, as you said, exciting times, business end of the season. We've got to see what happens at the end of this week to see where we're lining up for finals unfortunately yeah we will not at this stage be able to attend any of those live but we can still watch it from the comfort of our own home and still celebrate those with each other but we do have a couple of things coming up so this week we do have a very exciting interview with demon rookie kai de who was our first pick in the mid-year draft this year 
a very talented upside and yeah, I've been speaking to actually had a good phone call with uh, Fitzy the other night. I forgot to mention to you, getting a bit of background on him and, and Mark Williams, sorry, was uh, somebody that is a big fan of quieter places and it'll be great to hear a current player's insight to what the group's been like and even though he hasn't cracked into the side yet, it'd still be awesome to hear about you know, what it's like day to day with the team and, and really being on the journey halfway through this year and, and to being part of the Melbourne Footy Club. So really excited there. We've also got, it's almost our one-year anniversary of the podcast, mate. And I know sort of being between yourself and Steph, but it's really exciting for us. And, and to celebrate that, we're going to do a bit of a giveaway. So we do have a gift pack that is coming up. So please stay tuned for that. We've got, we've kindly been donated some prizes from our amazing sponsors, Hop Hen Brewing, which is going to be combined. And we also do have a limited edition attention to detail mug on offer as well. But the details on that competition will be coming very shortly. So... We're about oh, what, two, three days away from our anniversary. So, yeah, pretty exciting. And what this is episode thirty-five, and yeah, still going, which is which is awesome. So, yeah, that's that's something something worth celebrating and something worth celebrating with our listeners as well too. So, hopefully, uh, yeah, somebody will be able to have a few sneaky beers and enjoy a coffee out of an attention to detail mug, and which I know I've still got to get you yours too, man. And I've still got to drop that round. <laughs> do, you know what's, do you know what's amazing about, you know, you say, well, what did you say, two days away? Uh, three days away, I think. Three days away. Well, how, how amazing is that? It's the last game of our, se- of our home and away season on the Saturday. So yeah. it's good timing. No, it certainly is. It's it's Yeah, it's worked out very well in that sense because I remember I started about halfway through the season. So, all right. Well, thanks to all our listeners. Don't forget to subscribe on Spotify, Apple or Google or feel free to leave us a review or feedback on Twitter, Facebook or Instagram or you can throw us an email at attentiontodetailpod at gmail.com. If you do have any questions for Kyder Close, you can also email them through to us. Simo, thanks again. Looking forward to this week and, uh, yeah, talking about finals next week, which will be awesome. So um, take care and all the best with uh, another lockdown. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Yeah, looking forward to this weekend, mate. It'll be, yeah, it'll be cool to see who we play uh, come finals time. That's it, mate. All right. Awesome. Thanks, everyone. Go Dees. Go Dees.